0: What's up, everybody? You are watching On The Town, and I am your host, Tanya Cooper. And here with me tonight, I have my co-host, Richard Adamson. Peace
1: <laughs> and, and blessings. How are you? I'm excited second. about this show.
0: Yes, One of me my too. my favorites is here. Yeah, so, so tonight's uh, guest is a comedian, actor, writer, and he's known for that. Uh, oh, this, let me see my screen. Uh, got the Hookup which came out yep. in 1998 and many other appearances. So <laughs>
1: that's
0: just being night. We're just beginning modest here. Uh, he has appeared on HBO, Russell Simmons, comedy specials, Fox Network, you name it, Def, Def Jam, uh, Primetime specials, BET, you name it, he's been on it. Uh, just to name a few. And he also has won Producers Choice Award, uh, appearing on some of the great, with some of the greatest um, people that you've ever imagined, yep. including the goat himself. Richard Pryor, Harry Belafonte. I mean, we could go on forever. So please, just welcome Tommy Chun. What's
1: hey, up? Yes, yes.
2: How are you? Oh, good
1: morning, good, brother.
2: I know. Where are you at? I I, I know. I, it's it's afternoon here. I'm in Charlotte, actually. Oh, you're in Charlotte. My brother's yeah, I'm Charlotte. place. All right. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan.
1: Okay. Detroit in the house.
2: Yeah, Detroit in the house. What up, though? What yeah. up? Though? <laughs>
1: that, that's what they say. That's what up, though?
2: In Chicago, yeah. they say, what up, Joe? What up, really? Yeah, I, I said, I said what up, Joe, to this dude. He was from Chicago. He said, what up, Joe? I thought he was clowning me, <laughs> uh-huh. you yeah. know, just saying what up, Joe, because I said, what up, Joe? But that's yeah. actually what they say in Chicago. They say, what up, Joe? What up, Joe? Wow, and- I never
1: knew that. I knew about what up, Joe. I knew about Detroit, you know, because I know yeah. a few brothers from Detroit.
2: Wow. Oh, you know, okay. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Detroit, yeah. A lot of people. This is isn't isn't like the third person we interviewed from Detroit. That's that's like known. What's going on? I think so. I think There's something so. in the water. Well, it's not that. Detroit water.
1: baby. Detroit. Detroit. The, Detroit <laughs> pro- you something in the water. It Detroit produces man. legends.
0: Something extra, extra plus in that water. Yeah. Something y'all just knock out like like known people, like talented. So many uh talent. Uh oh, Tommy. <laughs> You hit the button, hit the button. There you go. The light. Yeah. Um, I'm
2: sorry, I got another a call case coming through. I had oh that.
0: right. And that's oh th- thank you for reminding me to mute yes. my thing so that won't happen to me again. Yes. <laughs> that yeah. happened one time. Sorry. So
1: speaking or, of Detroit, my favorite is from Detroit, uh Thomas Hearns.
2: Oh, oh Herms. Herms. Yes. Yes. he knows me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I met him in Detroit, but I got more got more got so to know him in L.A. He used to come to a lot of comedy shows in L.A. Oh, okay, okay. But, but, yeah, I performed with everybody, man, from back in the day. From Martin Lawrence. I've worked with Dave Chappelle before. I've worked with Demi Fox. I mean, I've worked with Bernie Mac. I've worked with, um, I mean, name them. Um, Kevin Hart. Cat Williams. They don't talk to me now. I ain't I ain't famous enough. I, I don't know. They left me behind but but I've worked with just about everybody you can name. I've i mean, we can go on a, actually Richard Pryor, I, I Richard Pryor saw me perform at the comedy store. I was showcasing for Mitzi Shore mm-hmm. as okay. mother. Mm-hmm. And um I I don't and um so Richard Pryor gave me a standing ovation out of his wheelchair when he wow. was up disease. That he, but I found out from his ex-wife that he followed my career and he really enjoyed me. So I never got to see Richard, but he got to see me. Wow. wow. That's
1: amazing. Wow. That's, That's amazing. an amazing accomplishment.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. how, how did you get into com- stand-up comedy?
2: I got into comedy because the way I grew up in Detroit, just my mother is dysfunctional and she's abusive and crazy and okay. she was a school teacher. Okay. And so you know, I remember I used to go to uh, drive my mother to work. We used to smoke weed on the way to work.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That <laughs> must my, be a fun job. My mother is so negative. I mean, I remember I, I recently, a couple of years ago, I took her to Ann Arbor, Michigan, to get a uh, to get a, uh, a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, the doctor told her her blood type was B negative, and she said. I thought it was be positive all these years. I said, mine was, you changed it. Oh, dang. (laughs) You be negative so much, you changed your own blood type. Oh no. Listen, my mother's psychiatrist committed suicide in a session with her.
0: What? Oh my gosh, that's that's about as depressing as it gets.
2: (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm making a joke, but I'm not. He jumped out the window like the dude on The Exorcist.
0: No. Oh my God, Tommy! Are you kidding? Wait, so wait, so who was adopted? I mean, I'm I'm jumping ahead, but who was adopted?
2: My father.
0: Oh, your dad? Oh, because I, I saw it and I said, oh, okay. There's yeah. See,
2: so yes. my last name is Chun because my grandmother she wasn't a hoochie, she was a hoochie. Dude kept cat- <laughs> and so this dude Chun, my she um, she, my grandmother was pregnant with my father. And back in those days, you know, she was a scarlet woman, you know. Mm-hmm. And she got pregnant with my father, by my grandfather, Thomas Lake. And and so they didn't get married. He used to sit for her, and he, she would take a train from Detroit back to New York back in those days. Mm-hmm. And she got pregnant, but they didn't get married. So Chun, Chun Mr. Chun was the butcher at the grocery store mm-hmm. that she used to frequent. On Hastings Street, back in Detroit, years ago, there was a black community called Hastings. Okay. And Chun was the butcher there. And um, so Chun married her and adopted my father. And Chun was part Native American. See, people, because we're brainwashed, because, you know, America is racist. Of course. It's Asian, but Chun is spelled C-H-U-N-N, and it's Native American, actually. But I play with it in my show like it's Asian right actually native
0: okay nice wow see that's something i was adopted so that's why I, anything adopted i'm like yeah that's me that's my signal yeah uh, how do you think i got into comedy um so so uh how do people react uh when you tell them what you do for a living
2: it depends on who i tell you okay. know okay. if you're a working comic and mm-hmm. and they see you regularly and you're making money they go oh you know you, you made it you the man Right. But if you're not working, if you got a segment, a dry segment, you a bum. You're a loser. You're a comedian. That ain't funny. My daughter is the first one to tell me I'm not funny. I'm like, <laughs> hey, that ain't funny. I'm like, I reached for, like, just, really? just for the
1: cereal.
2: for the cereal. She's like, well, Kevin Hart would have done that funnier. I'm huh. like, I just woke up. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> so yeah. if you,
2: if you balling, then, you know, they, they think great. The worst time to tell somebody what you do, and that you're a comedian, is on an airline flight, a long airline flight. Oh. That's the worst time to tell the people that you're a comedian. Mm-hmm. Especially them white folks that you meet on the plane that you would never meet in your life, but you're sitting mm-hmm. to them. And they go, what do you do for a living, Mr. Black man? And I, just, <laughs> I go, I'm a comedian. they go, oh, and so then they want to tell you, you just laugh. the whole flight. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when they ask me, I say I'm an electrician.
1: <laughs> okay. If
2: I don't, if I don't, if I feel yeah. like talking, if it's, a, <laughs> if it's a cute chick or something, I will tell her I'm a comedian. But if I don't feel yeah. like talking, and I'm sleepy. I tell them, um, you know, I build boats. I, you, you're
0: better. You're nicer <laughs> than me because then, if the first thing they do, they say, "Oh, oh, so make me laugh," and yeah. I was like, "Look in the mirror."
1: Oh, <laughs> you
0: know, I they don't like that.
2: I start, do I start sexually harassing them. Man, when they say make me laugh, I start grabbing body
0: parts.
2: <laughs> no, I'm joking. But nice. yeah, they always want you to make them laugh. They want you to do your whole act for them. Mm-hmm. And so wow. sometimes being a comedian works. You know, I've had, I've gotten <laughs> privileges from being a comedian. You know, I remember me and my wife were moving into a house in, in Spokane and, you know, they were checking my qualifications and our background, and I told them I'm a comedian, and they said, "Well, what's your background?" I said, "HBO, Showtime, CBS."
0: Right. And they were like, "What?" And they
2: thought I was lying, right? Because it sounded like, you know, I'm a crack dealer. So, they looked me up, and they were like, "Wow!" So the guy looked up my Comedy Central episode, and it just it it's, it was just like a working resume, my and God. they watched it, and I cracked them up. And none of the bad stuff mattered on on my on my credit report. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they said, Oh, you're funny. Yeah, he's good. You can move him in. Wow. So <laughs> when you have a resume and mm-hmm. you have YouTube videos and they can mm-hmm. look you up, right. it helps a lot in a lot of areas, yeah. even outside of comedy. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right.
2: Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah, I can see that. I can see yeah. that
2: yeah
0: no it, it does help um well you you always are uh, bringing the funny and making other people laugh so who makes you laugh
2: wow that's a good point um not a lot of people make me laugh i mean usually really? it's up to me to make everybody laugh like tell me be funny be funny Your your son
0: <laughs> seems to make you oh, laugh oh.
2: My son makes me laugh a lot, and his mother used to make me laugh before we got married. <laughs> but we got married, she changed, and she turned into Kathy Bates. And <laughs> Oh, my he God. He said, Andres oh, oh Yeah. Yeah. You, it used to be yeah. fun. We used to do a lot of fun stuff. and used to cut on my shows. Now she mean. Uh, yeah, you and know funny all the jokes that i that i tell to get her now she'd be mad if i tell a bad joke she'll call the police on me
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know you know what i wanted to ask you tommy like um you you have an amazing story right and i i wanted to ask you this you grew up in detroit right detroit is still rough now but you grew up in detroit at a time where it was even harder you know yeah um how did you Cause it seemed like you're the type of guy that had a miracle happen in your life. With a, growing up in a place that rough, how did you discover that you had the power to make people laugh? Cause I've seen practically every one of your shows, you know, I know like a lot of your signature jokes and I'm like, yo, this guy is, is comedy. You know what I'm saying? You're still well, legendary coming from a place that rough.
2: I, my mom, when I was a kid, she used to put me in the Christmas plays. My mother was a teacher and so she's re- she's a retired teacher now for the detroit board of education so you can imagine how hard that was for her to teach for the board and yeah. then she used to put me in plays when i was young and then as i got older you know it was just my mom was always negative she was always depressing she was always t- dissing my father and whatever you know it was always negative 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 and and it was just a lot of dysfunction going on and negativity it was hard to find work back then and the, and the white people, hell, I mean the people, them people were racist. I didn't know how racist they were till I moved to California. Oh, wow. And the people in California, they are not as racist as the people in Michigan and wow. other places. I live in I live in the south now,
0: so you know, right, really right. So you went from from bad to worse. Now you really, yeah, you just so like we, that. You just we, like to be abused.
2: My mother was just. I mean, she would be dating different dudes and she'd be dating dudes talking about my father. I'm like, talk about this dude, you know what I mean? Anyway, (laughs) so I was always trying to make everybody laugh. I was I was the youngest in the family and you know, my brother, he my my mother really was affected my brother. She really verbally abused us growing up. So my brother was the oldest one, he caught it the worst. So he was on crack, you know, for a long time. You know, I mean, he recently he was on crack for about 30 years, and a lot of it had to do with my mother. And she's constantly reinforcing this. All she talks about is brings up negative stuff. You know, if you do something for her, she's gonna say the negative. Like, like I went, I left, I left a uh, a thermos for my mother in Detroit, uh, a big cooler, cause her refrigerator was broken. And so she's like, "Oh, you left this cuz you couldn't fit it in your car on the way back home." Wow. <laughs> she my wow. To help you. Wow. You know, wow. whatever wow. it is, she makes it wow. negative, you know? I wow. mean, wow. I just talked to her yesterday and she had me yelling and and it's bad cuz she old now. But she, two people try to play it off cuz she old right. and she been like that. Right. right. So, oh, Your mama got uh, dementia. You know she right. got dementia. I'm like, "No, nah, she got dementia." She got to this, and she got to mention that. That ain't the <laughs> picture. That's got to mention. That's so, great. so
1: you, it, it's safe to say that your comedy was actually developed in your rough childhood as a survival technique, a survival mechanism.
2: A survival technique
1: that is so amazing,
2: a major survival technique. And I would, I would, you know, it was like channeling the rivers of verbal abuse, right? You know, into something. And whatever you do, you know, and Detroit is like a hater town. They're going to beat you down in Detroit. It's a hater town. They'll be like, Richard took a deep breath. Fuck his lungs. <laughs> <laughs> That's bust. Uh-huh. And they don't even know you. You know, but right. so many people say good things about you. They mad at you. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, Tanya Tanya blinks her eyes today. Wow. <laughs> Fuck her eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> she her eyelids fall off and she stay up forever
1: <laughs> he said oh stay up no. forever <laughs> wait
0: so how, how I want to know something so you, you've you been around for a long time I'm sorry you've sorry. been all over What like right now you're doing these little things or well, bits uh, but how do you get to practice when you're at your level
2: well it's hard because well now since I live in Charlotte uh, mm-hmm. and I got married that's a whole nother story but When I was living in LA back in the day, I was living, eating, and breathing stand-up comedy. Even before I got to LA, when I was in Detroit back in those days, I had a mandate that I wanted to do stand-up and make a living doing Mm stand-up and only do that. And this is before Deaf Comedy Jam. This was before Comic View. This was before all that. This is when the only platforms were white. And if you were black and a male comedian, you had to fit into the white.
1: Mm, Okay. So
2: I would work at um, Chaplin's Comedy Club in Detroit, Mark Ridley's Comedy Club, and then there was a booker, John Yoder, he had a company called Funny Business, and so I would drive to the upper peninsula of Michigan. You know, Michigan is like the hand, where there's this part up here. And I would drive all the way to that part up there. And it was like seven hours, but I I wanted to just make a living doing stand-up, so I had to do white and black comedy. Right. Wow. So I I, I called myself black and forth. My comedy is black that. and forth. I saw that. Yeah. Right. So, and and so, um, it was basically like I would have to work white crowds and black crowds, mm-hmm. and I learned the difference between white crowds and black crowds. What's that? Black people love performance. White people love wit. Now black people enjoy wit too, and white people enjoy performance, but. White people really love wit, and black people love performance. That's why with white people I can do, you can just uh, stand there and talk like this and tell your jokes. With black people, you gotta you preach your comedy. You right. gotta do a damn joke and a right, flip, nigga. Right. You better joke, you know. Cause if you ain't sweating when you get off, nigga, you wasn't funny. Right. But if
1: they see you up there
2: crying and working hard and breaking your face, that nigga funny right there. And so, and when I was coming up in Detroit, listen, this is, this is the funny part. I was, I was real black. I was edgy for the white clubs. I was, I was pretty mainstream back then. I had the black top, you know, yeah. I was like Carlton. But, uh, <laughs> but I still had that Detroit edge. So I right. wasn't completely assimilated. Like I knew certain black comics, they only work white clubs. They only date white women. Right. And they work into that really well. And then there were guys like me, where I was black and forth, so I still had my black edge, but I wasn't the blackest country nigga. You know what I mean? I I was, I was, I was in the middle. You know what I mean? So when I would work white clubs, I would have to tone it down, and when I would work black clubs, I have to tone it up. I remember I did a show in Texas years ago, and it was a it was a black comedy club. And um, I went on and did my show, and I was, you know, I was really professional. I'm Tommy chun like fun. If you don't get it right, I got a gun, so you better run. I don't look <laughs> Chinese because I've been out in the sun. If ask me to have any credit? No, I have none. But I'm not
1: loving
2: the youth in body, which is to say, I'm not just back mentally, but also pigmentally. So that kills it. But I did that at the black club, and and we did two shows that night. And the the black lady, the owner, she was a black lady. She came up to me and said, Tommy, you know you're really professional, and I really appreciate you. But you're a little too, you know, you need to. And I said, What you saying? You mean you want me to do all my jokes like this right here? You want me to do everything and all like her, about to do that damn thing. She said, Exactly, do all your jokes like that. The second. Oh
0: my god, no.
2: So I'm figuring I'm clowning her. So I come out right. and I'm out at do that <laughs> like that boy boy right and right I just killed and I was like wow she was yes. right. And I learned that comedy has a lot to do with delivery.
1: Yeah. Delivery.
2: Yes. I can say the same joke mm-hmm. and 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 it, and it won't be funny but if I deliver it a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance right. like let's say I would say um you know I ain't fat. I'm just swole. It's an allergy. I just need a big antihistamine. I need to do the fat or active fat. I can tell he this. But when I do a black crowd, I gotta say, you know, you know, I gotta be like, I ain't fat. I'm just swole. It's an allergy. <laughs> I need antihistamine right now, boy. nigga, I know that. Funny. Yes. Right, 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 right. Yes. And so I learned. <laughs> and it was a southern black audience. And <laughs> so I learned that the difference between funny and not funny is delivery yeah. sometimes. right? Sometimes yeah. you can say something and it's not really that witty. Right. But the way you deliver it.
1: Right, right. <laughs> right, your face. Right. Nah, it's funny. This <laughs> is brilliant. This is brilliant. Because you know who was brilliant at that? Um, just to let you know, uh, Tommy. Tommy. Tanya's a comedian, and Tanya is very funny, even when she's not trying to do. But also, be nice. Red Red Fox had the ability to talk about Esther and Lamont
2: yeah. in yeah, a casual
1: could. way. I, that I
2: do Red Fox. <laughs> I
1: know. And you look yeah. like him, too.
0: You look like him with a tan. <laughs> That's
2: there. <good>. That's <laughs> it. That's what I was trying to tell Lamont. I said, Lamont, your mama was so fat, Lamont. She thought I loved it, because when I'd come to bed, I'd rode toward her. But- <laughs> You know what the worst thing? I, I see. I do Red Fox. I see, you, know, you know what the worst thing about fucking a blowout doll is? <laughs> By the time you blow it up, you're too tired to fuck it. I just tired of head and an arm off, fake bitch. Oh my
0: god! So, <laughs> oh my god!
2: But yeah, Red Fox. he would be like I one of his bits I love is when he said uh he he said you know he was talking about Malcolm X, but he said I ain't gonna I ain't gonna stop eating pork. To be with a group of people, they asked me, "How you eat that pork, that swine? How do you eat that?" I said, "Knife and fork, mashed potatoes, collard greens, black-eyed peas, yeah. peach cobbler, and a diet right cola."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I oh, yeah. that. I think I remember yeah, that. I, I had my hair was longer, and I was we getting ready. Uh, we're shooting the, this part for Red Fox. I don't want to go into it, but okay. uh, we were going to we getting ready to shoot it, but we had to stop. And so it keeps stopping and starting. So I cut my hair again because I go back on the road. But um, I'm in preparation to play Red Fox. actually. Really?
0: Oh, awesome.
2: So, That's I just awesome. lost like 30 pounds. I'm trying to oh, lose damn. weight because oh. heavy set dude. I, I, am,
0: I am here for that because I was going to say you should play him, not just because you sound like him, but you would look like a darker, ver- like a tan version of him.
2: Come on. Are you kidding me? What? And I'm tan right now because I've been out in the sun and there's so But like four months ago, I was lighter because, you know, I get light and dark i'm not like you you black as hell all the time
1: what uh, <laughs> well, the i don't want to know, you know, know what i am look,
2: if you ask my chest she tells a different story oh you oh what a you <laughs> you, like, you like a, you like a frappuccino exactly. you like a, a human exactly. barista. there you go you like, like a fra- mocha frapp you know? <laughs> like I, I, I come in all colors you know <laughs> in all colors. but uh yeah he's oh, like that's a, funny. he's how i look when when i and when the summer starts i'm about his color by the time I mm-hmm. in, I'm you. <laughs> Why are you saying yeah. like it's a problem or something? I know. You so black, you got to switch your ticket on a motorcycle. <laughs> <I> took- <laughs> she's so black, at night her kids be mad because they ain't got nobody to look up to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it, just so keep, like- it just comes out with, with Yeah, the-
2: she's <laughs> so black. When she tipsy rolls, she got to wear white gloves and a white robe to keep her coat on. <laughs> Wait, if you
0: think I'm black, you should see my grandma. She beautiful black. I mean, black, black, <laughs> black, Nigerian oh my, black. I
2: love black. I love black. Nigerian black, black. yeah. Tanya. You don't really understand how much you love black until you have sex with a real dark-skinned woman. Y'all mm-hmm. them chocolate black women? No, I've never done that one. <laughs> you, yeah, well, I have. You know, I never had sex with a man either, but... Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, you know. That's what I say about because Hollywood is gay now. Like everything is gay. Like Lil Nas, and if you act gay, the white people you less threatening. If you like the brother, that's like okay. So, um, <laughs> yes, I'm from Detroit, <laughs> and uh, wow, I, I can't. I can't. white people. It's a lot of like what they call it, a metrosexual acting comics. Like, right. I know a few comics. I don't want to say their name, but it's in L.A. Yeah, we all, all heard of them, but they talk like this, and they, they're very, okay, so. Right. Right. Like well,
1: one, of, one of the things I noticed about you, Tommy, is you're able to be funny. With it, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's funny because you do it in casual conversation. You do it on stage. You did it in a movie. Um, I got the hookup, had me crying. And I was going to say to Tanya, Tanya, you got to hear, <laughs> you got to hear, Tommy, do Ice Cube? I
0: was going I was just gonna look at that, and I couldn't because of the sound. But
1: I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Of you I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I'll be doing. Don't fire things.
2: me, Ice Cube. <laughs> You know, I did Friday, then I did another Friday, and then I did another Friday. I might do the weekend. That's I don't do a Thursday, but I said, fuck it then. <laughs> but before I was a rapper, I was a gynecologist. Oh, no. Did you imagine Ice Cube with the gynecologist, Tanya, and you going in to get the stuff checked? He'd be like, yeah, girl, come on then. <laughs> God, no. You just never know what you never know, what, right to, you, you never know what Tommy's you gonna do. Down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn, Tommy, no, everything, no, and ain't, look, everything it, ain't black. It's some pink in there, huh?
1: <laughs> you just never—that's what made. that's what made, no, I think that's what made my, Tommy
2: a great comedian. It
0: is unpredictable. It is. Unpredictable. If he, <laughs> was, <laughs> if he was my GYN, I'd be like, I guess today's a good day. That's all.
2: Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'd be like, damn, you've been eating too much yeast. Got a crescent roll That's in there. Horrible. That's
0: bad. Uh oh. <laughs> now my grandson just walked in. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. like
1: Grandma Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> she you. got a biscuit. She had a crescent
2: roll. You need to put more vegetables and meat. You need to put it on the Atkins diet. <laughs> sorry. Oh my God, I can't. I can't. You're hilarious. But, you know, you ask, you say, well, how come Tommy Chun didn't go further? Because there was a time when Kevin Hart opened for me. Uh-huh. There was a time when Cat opened for really? me.
1: Really? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's what, and you say. Really, nigga? Your career is... I was I was handsome back then and good looking and I was fire. And uh-huh. and I learned the black, the black on black thing. It's like I, I, I learned that there's a lot of competition. Uh-huh. And the same comics that were my friends on the road when I moved to LA, it changed and they turned. They it changed. Wow. I thought dudes was my friend, but once they saw how funny I was, they started blocking. Mm. I'd had and a lot of adversarial comedian relationships.
1: You know who said something similar? I'm sorry to, to, to Um when uh when we talked to Gerald Kelly, right? Like, I asked Gerald Kelly about his situation with with you know being the first guy to take his sons on tour, and I said, "Why isn't that promoted more?" And he said something to the effect of what you're saying. He said, "The culture is contagious." Like, that's the that's the terminology he used. He said, "There's people that can help you, that and that won't." And I didn't know comedians. See, I'm so I grew up in the Tupac Biggie era where rappers were beefing. I didn't know comedians went through that.
2: Listen, there was a very there's a very prominent Detroit comedian. And everybody knows, and he's in Detroit right now. Well, we were best friends back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I went out my way. I helped this dude a lot. Anyway, there was a time when I was on Star Search. And I guess he was jealous that I was on Star Search. But I won the first round. Man, that dude texted me 30 times. He called me and texted me 30 times. I hadn't talked to this cat in, in about a year and a half, two years. But when I won that first round on Star Search, this dude texted me and called me 30 times. I didn't get to Texas because I was on CBS lot. And all the airwaves on CBS lot, it blocks Texas till you leave, till you leave the lot. Then your then your Texas start going off because of the radio waves and the signals. It blocks your phone. At least mm. back then. Wow. So the next round, I lost on Star Search. I lost the next round. Mm. This same comic who was supposed to be my best friend. This brother called me up and told me my, he called me up drunk and told me your career is over and started dissing me. He kicking me while I'm down. And this, this brother has had a, a, a pattern of doing that to me over the years. He the same brother that came to stay with me in my apartment in L.A. When he shot his BET half hour, I drove him to the studio and waited on him all day and did everything for him. But do he help me back? No.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Well, you know and what
2: staying with me, he actually said, Do I owe you anything? And I'm like, Wow, nigga, really? Wow. So I'm like, I thought you owe me friendship or some sort of loyalty, but since you're saying that, you don't owe me nothing. You know what I mean? Like, but I realize who you are now. Right. But exactly. the had a pattern and I would keep forgiving him and keep forgiving him because I loved him. Right. Keep forgiving. When you do the quintessential black thing, the positive black thing, you support your brothers see we were friends before we were comedians right. so it didn't matter if he was funnier than me one night on stage or i was but i always would love him it didn't matter to me right. but to him it did because he had to beat me in the game no, and, not- and our relationship got ruined because of his competitive bullshit. and there's a lot of that i got a lot of comedians who i was best who i was friends with and we don't even talk no more because of competition wow. and and i was always positive and helping people letting them stay at my apartment in la driving them around in my jeep i drove them around in my jeep in detroit and i drove my jeep to la and i drove them around out there but the whole thing is is when they don't need me for nothing then it or or they or they Mm. feel like i them fell off and that they can't use me for nothing else Right. right then it turns into well fuck tommy chun like But I've even done all this shit for him for years, right comics right now in the game That if I hadn't been there for them, they wouldn't even be comics today. It's some niggas that done pass me up in the game But do they help me? No, it's another prominent Detroit comedian who is living in LA but at the time he was living with this female comedian and um, Hope I think her name was hope and and so basically he would have to have sex with her to stay there but he got tired of having sex with her so he called me time so John, i gotta get out of here i don't want to i don't want to no more so i went and picked him up and brought him over to my place he stayed with me for like two weeks and um i looked out for the cat has he done anything to help me since then no mm-hmm. it's cats that blocked me you know i mean it's a trip yes and the, way, the way hollywood is is it's very cliquish in Hollywood. Yes. So let's say you get mad so at Richard ago. and me and you know each other then you mm-hmm. want me to cut Richard off too, even though Richard never done nothing to me. Right. If I don't cut him off too, then right. you're going to cut he- me off. So you got to hate who they hate and love who they love.
0: Well, here's the thing about that though. And I, I lived out in LA for a minute in the eighties and I hated it. I couldn't stand it. I just, I couldn't do it. Uh, even even the black folk out there was like everybody's whacked out. Something's wrong with them. I don't know what's wrong with them, but something's wrong with all of them. I just couldn't do it. But uh, Could it be but safe? my my Satan, Lucifer spawn, exactly. Um, well, when I
2: got out there, I was positive. See, what got me to do comedy was my heart. I always had an open heart, loving, positive. I always wanted to be a part of the solution. Right. And that's a part of the problem.
1: That's right. where I'm at. That's how I feel. And
2: that's always who I've been, right. but that's not who other people are, you yep. know. And they'll pretend to be that, but once yep. you arrive, then it flips, you know. And I and I had a lot of people hate on me when I I made a breakthrough when I did Master P. I got the hook up comedy jam. Yes. That's where I did the retarded. I played the retarded gangster. All right? <laughs> <laughs> He had a delayed laugh and he he laughed like a fire engine.
1: I remember you did that on stage. I remember, I remember that. that. Right. I was doing Remember that, right, Tony.
2: Yes. I, I used to do a, the joke on stage. Then I expanded it and made it a character in the movie I got to hook up. Wow. And I did it so well, people thought I was a retarded actor who got hired. Cause I was. I'm doing sorry, just the way you said it. I mean, I'm a bus and can't be your <laughs> And then, and I remember my ex, my, my daughter's mother. She was a case. She was a um, she was a um. She worked with group homes and and handicapped people and retarded people and all that. And I used to go to her homes with her. So eventually, you know, she brought some of the handicapped people, cerebral palsy and. The, Mongoloids and the retarded people to my show. So they were sitting in the audience with everybody else. And so it's kind of touchy because you got my man and people looking around, but you know, you don't want to laugh at them because they're special. But we, this dude had a delayed laugh and it sounded like a fire engine. So every time I tell a joke, everybody laughs, ha 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 ha. We have to wait for my man. And he comes out of
1: nowhere. I remember you did that on stage. I remember that. So
2: that right there, which, and so it became a pattern. So every time I say that, he goes, so you're talking about niggas crying, trying not to laugh. The whole audience, we, we would stop. Yeah. And I wouldn't even look at him. I'd look over here because I didn't want to see him into my peripheral vision. So I took that and expanded it when they told me that it was a, when I read for the part of Dooley and I got the hookup. I was in hookup one. I'm not in. I got the hookup two. They didn't have I
1: never me. even saw part two.
2: There you go. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, I guess his son did that and they hired everybody but me. That's I right. Excluded a lot out of a lot of stuff, and I don't know what that is. My father says it's my spirit. He says when you have a good spirit and people have a dark spirit, you make them uneasy. And I, because I was telling him, I was calling not not dark skin. I mean,
1: you know, <laughs> Tanya, I saw so your spirit is back and hell. Tanya was making me laugh. Her spirit I was trying got not black to... ass afro. <laughs> Tanya, didn't... I didn't know. Tanya, spirit. I, I didn't know did.
2: Race it.
1: I see what she did, and I was trying not to laugh. I was like, "Tanya's about to make me laugh." Well, go ahead, Tanya. I'm uh, sorry, you were saying something. No, uh, no.
0: Here's the thing. So, so my angel, I believe it was, that said that um, when people show you who they are, believe them. That's one. And two is I think that people like yourself, because I'm one of all three of us actually are like that, where we we have good souls and we think everybody's gonna do the right thing. They're gonna oh, they're gonna they're gonna come back. Oh yeah, and they don't. So here's what I do now. I don't even care, and I don't even acknowledge it. I just do me and try to still be a kind person and do what I still help people, even though I know they're just stealing information from me. I've had people literally say, oh, you know, let me do this. And then they go on their own and they'll be like, they don't even say thank you. Help people write books, all kinds of stuff. Listen, but you know what?
2: I, just, I work. So, with with care. All the time. And recently I work with a comic and this comic, you know, I work with a comedian for the weekend. And let's say you work with a comic and you do five shows with that same comic. You do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, you know. You know, after the first few shows, the comics that's opening for me. They start doing my material. They start doing my jokes before I come on. They see me do a concept on stage that they weren't even doing. And then there, and now I got to follow myself. I got to go on and follow myself. I got to have a second set of material. Like I got to have two shows. I remember one time I had did a show in in, in California, and my daughter came to the show. And the comedian did my joke right before me. And my daughter was like, Dad, that's your joke. And I was telling her, that's how the game is. He know that's my joke, and he know I'm sitting there. But he's going to do my material before I go. I had this routine. When i come out on stage years ago, I'd be like, they go, I got, how y'all doing up in this bitch? How y'all doing up in this bitch? Bitch, I'm a bitch. do a, a bitch. That's my trademark. People know me. And then I put a thing where I, I say, what if all the Motown singers put bitch in their songs? They had to sing bitch? The tears of a bitch when there's no <laughs> I would do all these songs like I go, freeze in the things they're ready the bed the before you get there." You get them. I can do it. We can do it. Anyway, I had an LA comic. We on the same show at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. He come out and do my routine before me. How do you do that?
1: Wow. How do you get away with that? But that's happened to Tonya, right? Tanya, I, to Tony? I had some wrongs.
2: I had someone. But he does it. the whole oh, routine. Yeah. Oh no, they took mine after I got from comedy club. And I come up right after yeah. him to do my fucking joke again, like nigga, please. And his point was to say that's not original. Anybody can do that.
0: Oh, that's what he was trying to do. But was like, who mean, do
2: comedy police, you little weird motherfucker. Don't tell to steal my joke. Just try to prove a point, nigga. You're not as funny as me. But the comedian is more politically connected to me. See, when I was coming up in Detroit, it was all about blowing up stages. It was about making people laugh. Right. You're dealing with middle class, working class people in Detroit. When you t- go to Hollywood, it's a different audience. Yes, The audience yes. is made up of some regular people, right. but it'd be a lot of industry people in the audience. It'd be a lot mm-hmm. of actors. Right. And lighting and people who work in the industry, you feel right. me? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the people from the hood who come to L.A., they're like the regular audience, but they see all the top comedians all the time. So it's right. a different approach. So in L.A., it's more about your point of view and, and your persona. Like, who are you on stage? How do you come off? Like, it, it's not so much about your jokes because they've heard every joke and they'll steal your jokes. mm mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish used to be come to my apartment when she was homeless. I'd take some lunch. We smoked weed and everything. That nigga don't answer my texts at all now. It's like, I don't even exist, nigga. Like she never knew me. And I know she think I want something, but it's like, nigga, I never asked Tiffany for nothing. You know, least not money-wise, But, uh, <laughs> but do I hear from her? She don't even respond to my messengers. Yeah, but listen. that if I thing- see her, hold up. If I see her in L.A., <laughs> you know, she, go, she know who the fuck I am. And I told her, that's breaking my heart to him, she's not responding. But there's two sides to that. One side is, you know, I'm sure everybody's asking her for something now. Everybody's coming at her like that. Yeah. Like, you know, fuck everybody. Then a lot of the people that hate on you when you blow up are black. You know, a lot of the white folks they don't do it like that, but we do. So she probably has just put me in the pool with everybody else. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell her congratulations. You know, we was on a sketch comedy show together at the Laugh Factory. I've got her on shows, put her on shows when I was the man and I was hot. But do that nigga respond to me at all? No. Mm-hmm. Nigga Dave Chappelle responds to me. Wow. Wow. And she don't.
1: Wow.
2: If I see Martin, Martin has stopped and talked to me for an hour. Right. But she's too good for to talk to me now. Right. Wow. And I'm pissed off about it. It's like, hey Pip, you don't remember when we were cool? Right. Well. But now somebody done told her something negative about Tommy Chun or something. Right. And now I'm the worst guy on the planet or she's too she's too good for me. And I'm like, you know, as a time when I wanted to hit it, everywhere. sure. But that's not what I was calling her for. She's already, you know, you're dating common now. I'm just saying, hey. Nobody really. Right. Or maybe she's it, uncommon. Right. My, right. Was. <laughs> my point is, if I call Capone, he'll talk to me. If I talk to Davis Chappelle, he remembers me. I mean, I can go on and on, talent. Um, Cat Williams, I hadn't talked to Cat in years and Cat had started treating me weird, but the nigga took me on tour with him to Vegas and paid me a nice chunk of change. Now, Cat is bipolar, so one minute he'll be nice, next minute he's slapping the blood out your hand. That nigga crazy, but he did give me respect and he, he put some money in my pocket. Right, right. Cat Williams can acknowledge me, and and, and and who else? Bernie Mac can acknowledge me. Who else? Who else? Martin, James Capel. But what's that shit about? There was a time when the big Leslie, we were friends. And I had an after hours comedy night in LA called The Good Hood. And I hired her. I would pay her whether we canceled the show or not. But then niggas don't know me no more. They do good for me now. Mm. Mm. See,
0: you're better yeah. than me. Because I I, I, I mean, we all run into those type of people, but I now no longer, maybe it's my age, I'm over 50, I don't care. Because I feel like this, everybody who took the elevator
2: up must take it back down. Hey, you know what, maybe, maybe people do things that I, I like wouldn't that. do to make it. You know, when you count other people's success and you count their money, you can't do that. Because maybe they did something. I mean, there was a time when, you know, me and Leslie were tight and we used to kick it and hang out. You know, I didn't think she was a little attracted to me. I never hit it, you know, but but now mm-hmm. she married she married to that white chick from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I remember you was telling
1: me that I, I didn't know that at all.
2: From Saturday Night Live, the rising white chick, right? I know. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I remember we were talking about that. I didn't know that. But yeah, that they married yeah. now, so so it's I, that's a whole nother league to me because I'm not gonna do nothing gay to make it like. But maybe she was already. You know, this, this is my thing. If you openly gay, I don't have a problem with you. If you if you say you gay and you act gay or you... you exactly. Gay, I don't mind. I ain't got a problem with you. Right. There's some niggas that be sneaking on me. These right. niggas that come up and want to, want to caress. Hey, Tommy Chun. And hmm. I'm like, nigga, don't caress me. I done had niggas do that where they come up and go, hey, Tommy, what's up, dog? And I'm like, hey. You know, and mm-hmm. I've niggas on the Lolo trying to hit on me. I remember one time I had this, this one promoter in L.A. He brought all these chicks to the comedy store with him, and the chicks were hitting on me. So I got in the limo with them, and one of the chicks started giving me head in the limo. And it's the first time I had ever got heads in front of anybody. So it's like it's like five women in the limo and two dudes. It's an African dude at the other end, and my boy, he's sitting right here, and all the other women are right there, and the chick is giving me head. This is L.A. story. And so I'm getting hit, and it's getting good, right? I mean, she's sucking a bicycle seat. You feel me? I wasn't going with the wind. I was going with the wind. So listen. So all of a sudden, I feel this other hand rubbing my thigh. And I'm thinking, it's another chick They're about to double team me. My fantasy is about to happen. Nigga, I look down, and I see a watch and a cufflink. Oh my God! And this this nigga rubbing my thigh while she giving me head, you know my dick balled up like a hockey puck, and I'm like, oh he ain't watching her give me, he ain't watching her suck my dick, he watching my dick get sucked. So the point is, is people reveal themselves. So I'm like, dude, I'm never gonna be gay for you. Right. I remember another dude hit on me in L. A. and I told him, man, you know, I like, he used to sell, you know, he sold weed and we used to play chess. But I didn't know he was, you know. So eventually it came out. But he had a lot of beautiful women at his apartment all the time. And he was always respectful. Till there's one time the nigga caressed me. And I was like, dog, don't do that. And he said, I said, I ain't gay. He said, well, you don't really know if you're gay mm-hmm. until you try. No, he I said, well, by the time I find out, I'm going to beat and beat your ass. I know that.
1: <laughs> I said, I bet, I bet <laughs>
2: by the time we find out, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> so don't caress me, dog. I'm not gay. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I will never be gay. And there Mm -hmm. was a point where dudes used to hit on me. I was, I guess I was really cute back then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anybody popular with some coins.
2: But let me tell you something. Here's the thing. I love making people laugh. And my biggest, I think my biggest legacy to my career Mm -hmm. is how many people I have
1: influenced.
2: Mm. I'm not a millionaire. I should be. I can see that. I should be. I should I should have as much money as all of them. Mm -hmm. But I didn't make that my focus, you know, plus I had a daughter and I would and I I would send money home and I had a lot of relatives and issues. So I was I got, you know, kind of waylaid. But I would think my my, to me, my biggest attribute is all the people I've influenced, including Mm -hmm. comics who don't give me the time of day. Mm -hmm. But if you talk to them and you backtrack in their career, they'll tell you there was a time. When Tommy Chun influenced them and I helped them, I could see I guided that guided them and I nurtured them and I gave them information and right. got shows and did everything to help them and they don't even talk to me now.
0: Wow, that's crazy. But I again I tell you, I'm telling you, and, and I have a third eye that you can't see is back here. Um but I got one too. if you just wait, you got one <laughs> well if that's the case, I got another a fourth eye. No, <laughs> um just wait i say time is the best um how do you say the best time in your pockets is the best revenge because if you outlive them whoever they are i guarantee you you know what god has for you nobody can take from you nobody i don't care what if they could say nah if you don't take them glasses off you ain't gonna make bull crap i don't believe there's such things competition there's no such things competition because i can't be you as much i can study you all day for five years 10 years whatever all day I will
2: never be. You'll you. never be me, but you can learn how I deliver my jokes <laughs> and you can emulate my whole style with a lot of comedians in Detroit. But you dude. know what? Don't matter. You, you
1: know what, Tommy? Tanya is right. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why I say she's right is because what you did in comedy, a lot more people appreciated it than I think even you know. Because when Tanya, who was very, very um, loyal and helpful, because Tanya known me for years. But when Tanya blessed me with this opportunity on her show, one of the first things I said is what I told you. I said, yo, I gotta get Tommy Chun. I gotta get Tommy Chun on the show because we remember, you know, Tanya is a comedian, so you know, she knows her history in comedy. And I was a fan, you know, I tried comedy. Actually, Capone, he probably doesn't remember this, but he did a show with a friend of mine named Swin and another guy named Roberto. They had a show in the Rochelle and Capone gave me a shot at comedy. And I was doing all right, and almost bombed. So he stopped it before I bombed. But I think I told you about that. But I, I remember all the history of comedy, and you're in that history. You, Kenny Howell, General Kelly, Talent. So I said, I said, yo, we got to get Tommy Chong. I mean, I you know. go back
2: to I, I used to. I was on tour with Bernie, mm-hmm. um, um, Roy. I love Washington. Bernie Mac. I've oh. Tour. Mm-hmm. I've been on tour with Joe Torrey. Mm-hmm. I've been on tour with. Chris Tucker. I've been on tour with Faison. Wow, and me and Faison used to be best friends too. And he he don't you know, he treat me like crap now. And um, you know, um, I remember I'll tell you a Faison story. We were at the comedy. He came by my apartment earlier that day, and I told him, I got a date tonight. I'll meet you at the Comedy Act Theater in Lamurck Park in, mm-hmm. in in LA. You know what I'm talking about, Tanya? Yeah. Yeah. So we get there, and we it's about 8 o'clock, and Faison starts going, Tommy, what happened to that bitch? I thought she had some bitch coming. I guess she stood your ass up. Hey, nigga, I guess she ain't coming, nigga. You know, F- ah, ah, Faison, ah, ah, you know. And so I'm like, yeah, I guess not. So finally, about, she was late, so about 30 10, the baddest woman, the most beautiful sister you can imagine walked in. Every dude was on her. And they were like, oh, 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 And she was like, I'm here for Tommy. Tommy here. So now Faison is like so bad because she showed up. So he sat behind me at the table where all the comedians sit in the back of the room. The comedy act theater is where Robin Harris used to perform. Mm-hmm. We sit in the back. Faison sits there. He going to ruin my date. So he starts going, hey, you going to get Tommy that pussy tonight? Hey, you going to get Tommy that pussy tonight? No. And I'm like, on nigga, really? He like, man, I just want to see if she gonna get that pussy tonight. So finally, the chick turned around and said, "Hey, big worm, I know who you are, but you're being fucking rude. You don't need to do that." And she goes, "He goes, I'm sorry, baby. That's why you gonna get time with that pussy tonight." And so me and her leave because I wanted to hit the nigga in the head with a hammer at that point. And what? so we leaving, and I go, he just jealous because you so fine. And you know what she said? She said. He's not jealous of you. He's jealous of me for being with you. Mm-hmm. And wow. I'm like, huh? And I never, but you know what? I would never be that cruel. I would never do nothing like that. Like, there were chicks who I, I would have sex with. Earlier, I'd be in LA and you I'd meet it, you know, we hang out all night. I sleep with the chick, take give her, you know, take her home. Then later that night, I'd go to the comedy store and she be with another nigga.
0: Oh, my God, no.
2: And I would pretend I didn't know her. Wow. Because that's how L.A. is. I was just saying, that's L.A. So you, you don't want to put them on blast. Yeah. My point is, I would never do that to somebody. I would never be that cool. And the reason I'm saying Ames, because there's some names I'm not going to say, but other names I'm going to say, because these people were my friends, and I loved them, and they really abused me and broke my heart. And we old now. I'm 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 fifty-six years old, so and and everything is what it is. So what right. are they gonna do to me now? Right. You know, people have blocked me already. Mm-hmm. So if, if if I move ahead at this point, it's because of God that's and it's because of my talent. That's it. And that's but, how you that is
0: gonna happen. I but, see. It.
2: Uh, yeah, but Tanya and Richard, I work with everybody that's anybody from Michael Collier mm-hmm. to Namer right right well what um what's what are you doing up to
0: now what's your what, latest project going on like?
2: i'm married now
0: okay
2: and married? i live in charlotte now i got a new son which you know oh, no. and mm-hmm. so i've been doing you know clubs in the south okay. i just did a, a pilot for a sitcom okay in oakland um i am playing a grandfather as i let my gray hair grow i look uh-huh. like but i yes. But uh, I play Terry Hodges. Terry Hodges is a comedian out of Oakland, he's got a sitcom, and I play his wife's father on the sitcom. And we just shot the uh, pilot for that, and so um, that's coming up. And then I, I, I'm working in Oakland. Uh, Ernest East does a show in Oakland, which I'm gonna be doing um, in I in in when is it in the end of September? I, October eighth. I'm gonna be in I- Oakland. Oh, that's when I'm back to New York. <laughs> oh, October 8th. And then I'm going to be in L.A. I got I got a big show in L.A. with A.J. Jamal. I don't know if you remember A.J. Jamal. Of course. Yeah, A.J. Jamal and um, this, uh, this newer comedian. Her name is Roz Washington. And, and this okay. comedian Barry Brewer is on the show. So that's that's coming up in October. And I got some shows in San Diego coming up. Um is one is in Corona, I'm doing a show another one in Temecula. So and I got a show here coming up in Charlotte. So I just been hitting oh. the road. I recently did the Comedy Cabana in um oh. in Myrtle Beach.
0: Okay. And,
2: and so people are calling me. I'm getting calls. I got something coming up in Detroit in November too. I got a call for them. They got to finish handling the business and and giving me my deposit. <laughs> I hear you on that one. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Just doing that. I want to send a love out to my daughter in case she's watching this, Tyler's yes. Um I was with her mom. Her mom's Armenian, so I was Kanye, Ray J, and Reggie Bush 31 years ago. Instead <laughs> of black her mama had black love, <laughs> and so I was to send her some love. And then, and then, and then, you know, I thought that was going to be my only child. You know, my kids are are 29 years apart wow so my daughter is 31 wow. my child is two years old two and a half years old wow so i got a wow. young fit.
0: that's crazy that's good though i mean you know i mean to me they just breed more like, more youthfulness you gotta stay on your toes
2: yeah that's definitely he keeps me on my toes boy because yep. mama came home from the hospital uh-huh. his, my wife is 16 and a half years younger than me okay so when she got pregnant, you know, she, she had um she had a C-section. Mm-hmm. So that's major surgery, you know. She, she heavy set she overweight with a C-section. So I had to I had to take her to the bathroom and wipe her ass and the baby ass. So I was like uh I was like a track star nurse. And I'm 54 years old, running up and down the stairs, doing baby formula, doing her, I'm wiping her ass. You see this, you see this? Hold on, hold on. Dude, look at him, guys. That's okay. a muscle. That a, means okay, he's showing the muscle. That was me. I'm like a <the> human bidet. <laughs>
1: oh, he's funny too. He <laughs>
2: right.
0: Oh man, oh, wait. Boy. So, so Tommy, out of all that you've done, what has been the uh, biggest highlight of your career so far?
2: Wow, that's hard. Um, the biggest highlight of my career was probably. Probably doing a pilot with Jamie Foxx. I did a pilot with Jamie Foxx. It was called These Nuts. Oh, wait.
0: When was that? That was a while ago, right?
2: That was a while ago. It was like 2000, 2001. We did it with Warner Brothers. Yeah. And I shot the pilot, and, and I got made good money for it. I was oh able to get my daughter health care off that pilot. That was that was one of the highlights, Is working with Jamie. He put money in my pocket. I don't hear from him no more. But uh, there was a time. And uh, that's funny because... Master P, working with Master P. Like, okay. That was a highlight. Um, That was one of the highlights. And I would say Richard, meeting Richard Pryor. Right. You know? Um, yeah, that's awesome. That must have okay. been amazing. It, it was. Up. That was amazing to have him tell me. His wife came up to me and she said, Richard has followed your whole career. Wow. he watched you on Comic View, Death Jam. He really? Do. That's amazing. He, he was already Parkinsoned out, and he stood up out of his wheelchair. And I went up to him because I'm Missy, I was she thought I was coming over to her, and I passed her up and went to Richard. And, um, <laughs> and she got mad because I gave Richard my love instead of her. I'm trying to get in with her, but nice. that's Richard Pryor, you feel right. me? And yeah. I'm black, yeah. so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go shake Richard's hand. Richard told me he said, "Man, you are awesome." He told me he was shaking. He was like, "Man, you the shit." <laughs> 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 the shit. He was remixing yeah. it, but um, but yeah, <laughs> that, that's a, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. What about Bernie Mac? And Bernie Mac, let me tell you something. I was on the tour bus with Bernie. I, I've, I've done about twenty shows with Bernie. I love it. I was on the Deaf Comedy Jam tour with Bernie, and Bernie was the host. Oh. And I remember one show we did at the Chicago Theater on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. It was hot. It was it was Adele Givens. Mm. Remember Adele?
1: Yes, of course, of course, of course.
2: Royale Watkins was on that show.
1: Royale.
2: Kid Capri, of course, was the DJ. Mm-hmm. And I remember Bernie Mac came out, and he introduced me. And he had on a he had on a bright yellow suit. You know how dark skinned people always wear bright colors. <laughs> And so, <laughs> yes, I know. Black ass niggas they wear like bright yellow and green and red and shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he had on this this banana yellow suit and I said that nigga looked like a ripe banana. That nigga looked like an old banana.
1: <laughs>
2: and he came out and bagged on me and said, uh, "Fuck you, you cat dick." <laughs> Wait, anyway, but that was, that was that was fun bagging on Bernie. And um, and going back and forth, that was that was a highlight too. Being on the Deaf Comedy Jam tour bus, oh yeah, yeah. Being yeah, I, I tour bus, know, we oh. would be in Nebraska, right? And we mm. stop and everybody go get fast food. We I'd go get McDonald's. Somebody go get Wendy's. Bernie would come back with rib tips. We'd be like, "How the hell you get
1: rib tips, Bernie? <laughs> I got some <laughs> girls over here.
2: That's what I got. <laughs> some uh, rib tips. I get a rib tip in <laughs> <laughs> Utah, nigga. From some, <laughs> <laughs> from some Amish people make Bernie some barbecue." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I love his voice. He, he oh, that's so funny! Cool, I tell you, I, he is, I love this his voice, his tonation, his his timing, everything just amazing. But yeah, that's big.
2: And, that's really big. Yeah, so I've had I've had a lot of at like Hallmark. I remember um, I did a show. I, I did Evening at the Improv. I don't know if you remember that show mm. with Bud Friedman on Annie. I've been okay. doing this a yes. long time. Wow. Yes. And and yeah, I, I know I, I've seen it. it, yeah. But Mickey Rooney, the old white actor from the old yes, black, I and white remember him. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he introduced me on, on Evening at the Improv, and that was kind of a highlight for me because I mm-hmm. met him and I met William Shatner that night. And a wow. bunch of like really, like, oh, you did? I-
1: William Shatner.
2: icons, huh? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Star Trek,
2: that's yes. icons. Me up, yeah. scotty, I remember him. Yeah. And, and, and here's here's another highlight of my career. When I did the Jamie Foxx pilot, I actually did a really sexy scene with Tyra Banks. Oh, Tyra, yeah. Yeah, he brought her into the pilot. We were doing the pilot at at the ranch, Warner Brothers ranch, out, out in Burbank, mm-hmm. out out, you know, in the valley. And um Tyra came in. We were already rehearsing, and Tyra came in and there was a scene called Office Flirt, where Tyra would flirt with different people in the office, and once you hit on her she'd blow the whistle on you and get you fired and take your position. And she kept wow. doing that to all of us till she got to the boss. She tried to do it to him, but he was gay. And he flipped it on her, and she lost her job. So that was the sketch. Wow. But
1: <laughs> That's she funny.
2: she do it to me. She was all over me, y'all. Like, in the sketch, she'd be sitting on top of me. She would be like, can I get that above your head? And she'd have her coochie in my face. She'd be sitting on my head. Then she spilled spill the water on her titties. and. I mean, we were damn near having sex. Damn near. It got to the point where me and Tyra, Tyra actually started taking me out. Like I, I said, because in the scene, I say, well, we hey, we should get together sometime and go out. And then she blows the whistle on me. But in real life, after we shot the sketch, um, she, she actually picked me up and we went out a few times her. She called me at like midnight and my girlfriend answered the phone and that just killed it. But me and my girlfriend were broken up. She just yeah. happened to come over that night. But she, my girl had broke up with me. She wouldn't give me no sex. And she had came over to get something of hers. But I was in the bathroom and I thought it was the homie on the phone. I told her, hit my, uh, hit the, vo- uh, the voice, uh, you know, what's it called? Speakerphone." And they would say, hello, Tommy, this is Tyra. And, and, and she could hear it was Tyra Banks. You know what oh, I'm saying? God, no. and, and let me tell you something. It blew her away to have Tyra calling me at booty call hours. After that phone hung up, my girlfriend she tried to suck the memory of that call out of me. She wouldn't have sex with me, but after that call, yes. oh yeah.
0: Well, that's how women are. If they know that you have a up, a, a come up, then they'll. I, then they'll I'm just, telling you, just to be, um, say that I went after that. Which is really stupid, but
2: whatever. So that was that was a highlight in my life. I still have the tape of the of the pilot with me and Tyra Banks, and uh-huh. I told my friends that in Detroit, and they didn't believe me. So when I went to Detroit, I showed them the tape, and they're like, "Nigga, that is Tyra Banks, tell me. <laughs> and I was all over that. And uh-huh. I remember when we shot it, when we were doing.
0: Uh oh, lost him for a second there. We'll be back. It's the lighting. Let's see. So yeah.
2: Yeah. we're about we're to wrap. The wrap time you.
0: Time. Go ahead. There you go.
2: Anyway. She forgot her line. And so we I had to ad-lib. Anyway, the scene ended up going crazy. And I, I got Tyra bent over, and I'm pounding her in the scene, like, you know. And they were like, nigga. <laughs> and I'm like, so that was a highlight. But like I said, these people treat me like I never did comedy ever. Wow. So there have been times when I've been down, and I felt like, what did I do wrong? Like, what did I do? Like. Because I was the funniest one. I mean, I was one of the funniest dudes at one point, you know, for sure. Right. Yes,
1: yes, right. definitely. Yes, well, that I remember you.
2: But a lot of things, had personal things in my life happened with my first, my baby's mama, my daughter's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of personal stuff. I had comedians that I loved from Detroit. Like one dude tried to jump me at the comedy. I've had a lot of people, I don't know, maybe it was envy or jealousy, but it was it was I, I got to the point where it really broke my heart that I had people hating on me. Now I understand they were doing that because I was doing something right. Right. But at that time I took it to heart and it it, it kind of threw me off because I had a lot of people um betraying me right and blocking me. That's a sign of success. I'm I didn't saying. realize that back then, and now I haven't been in the limelight for a long time. I haven't mm-hmm. been on TV. The last TV show I did about six years ago with Gabriel Iglesias on, on Comedy Central. Y'all know Fluffy, the big, fat Mexican yeah, guy? Yes, Fluffy, I love Fluffy. Well, I did his show um, on Comedy Central, and I was the only black male comic the whole season. I did the first season mm-hmm. of Stand Up Revolution. Mm. And uh and he never took me on tour with him. I don't know why. I must have said the wrong thing. I don't know. Right. But uh, a lot of people I'm the guy a lot of people use for shit and then right. they don't like I just had some people book one of me to do some show for them. I ain't going to go into it. Right. But they got me a plane ticket but they said if we get picked up we'll pay you. And I'm like, "Well, nigga, I need to get paid now." Right. <laughs> Not if. I killed it. I killed it. And then the mm. lady started asking me was I on drugs. I'm like, "No, bitch, I ain't on drugs." What? Yes, yeah, she asked me well, when wow. we picked you up at the hotel, you look your ass was so big. We wondering what was you on. I, what I was wow. on was you told me my flight was canceled and I wasn't going to make it to my next gig. That's what the fuck I was on.
0: <laughs> right.
2: So, wow. People. Wow. You do something for wow. people and they don't pay you back or whatever, acknowledge what you did for them, they got to find something wrong with you. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I keep telling you keep traching on because uh what, what I told you, what God has for you, no man or woman can take from you. I don't care what anybody says. It never cannot take. It may, not, maybe, 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 just maybe. You know, um, sometimes we look at things and we say, "Well, how come this happened to me, or why is this?" But maybe there's a reason, because maybe you're gonna get an even bigger payoff. So just wait. Maybe, maybe one day I
2: will. Maybe we'll do this red fox and I'll blow up again. There it is. Uh, and then somebody else told me mm-hmm. they said Tommy, you might not have blew up back then because you might not have been able to handle what comes with that. And there you, God might might have been keeping you from something bad. Like sometimes when something you think something is bad, yep. it, it, sometimes it's something good. You just can't see the other side of it. Yeah. And That's, somebody yeah. said you might if you you might have destroyed yourself back yep. then, especially Hollywood. But you're kidding? you kidding me? Just you know. You I might have had too much yeah sex. And,
1: and,
0: too much and anything you know I know people that was that was out here in these streets when I was modeling, and they were with Wilhelmina. they were with the big agencies, whatever cause modeling comedy, all the same thing, music, same thing, same hustle, same, same snakes, all the same thing. And um, I used to be like, well, how come this person that? And then I stopped. My mother was like, stop worrying about what everybody else is doing cause there's a reason why maybe he don't want you there yet. and and then something happened to a friend of mine uh, where she was sexually abused. Uh, and, and it jacked her up and she became an addict. So, so there goes her five minutes of mm-hmm. fame. It's gone, done. So, maybe
2: I made it all the way to the precipice. I was right there. Okay. I did the pilot with Jamie Foxx. I had the, the guy who directs Friends, he was the director. Mm-hmm. I had Benny Bedina, they wanted to manage me and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I tore my ACL playing basketball, trying to lose weight because Jamie Foxx told me I was too fat. Hmm. And so I hurt my leg and then I had to choose between doing this showcase for creative with Steve Smook and getting my surgery. And my father, I asked my father, what do I do? And he said, what do you think you should do? What's the most important thing? I said, my leg is probably, I Hello. mean, I, at the time, I thought my health is more important than everything. Because I might get another chance to do Hollywood, but if my leg is messed up and I don't get it fixed, i'll be you know so i got my leg fixed instead of and i had to call him and cancel my showcase for for creative and it, this was jamie fox's agent by the way right. right and so that was my big break and i wasn't able to do it because i was i hurt my leg trying to lose weight trying to play basketball hmm. and i hurt my leg so and after that i didn't hear from him no more him or marcus king and i i eventually got my leg fixed but they, they they punish me for that. And so that's just how it works, I guess, you know? Yeah, that's it, and that's but all. I, but, but I got my leg
0: fixed. You got your leg fixed, and, and guess what? Because you can't do nothing without that leg. <laughs> so, well, you
2: could, but then you'll sound like one of the people you'd be playing. So I'm just saying. Well, somebody said, well, you, you could have went and did the showcase with your leg because my leg was in a cast, and I couldn't. I was a stand-up who couldn't stand up. Right, I'm and, sitting
0: down, stand up. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I'm in a cast, and who knows? Maybe they would have. Maybe they. Maybe if I'd have went there like that, maybe they would have gave me a deal, and and, and I don't know. But yeah. it's I all good. Get surgery instead, and it, it, it you know it hindered me.
0: Right. Well, things happen for a reason, is what I yeah. say. You know. But uh, but either way, I appreciate you. We appreciate you so much for taking the time to come here today. Yeah. I know you're
1: busy, yeah. and
0: I know you got other things to do. Um, yeah. Um. and you out in Charlotte, wow, yes. yeah.
2: Well, I got married, I ended yeah. up getting married, mm-hmm. and when I met my wife, she worked for Jenny Craig and she was gaining weight. I'm yeah. like, you must be good at math.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it was a pleasure, man. yeah, and I, and the fun. last thing I want to say, the last thing I would like to say, if it's okay, mm-hmm. Tanya, is that Tommy keep on pushing. Yeah. Um, none of your stuff was in vain because you know you still got people that love you. Yes. And perhaps it was a blessing in disguise because sometimes mm-hmm. God can see things that we can't. That's true. And, and then also you get to learn people because what I, what I learned is that um, people are so in love. Like Like Tanya said, there's really no need for competition because people are so in love with trying to outdo another person that they don't actually learn how to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we're so in love with having disagreements with each other that we don't know how to have a healthy agreement. And right. It's impacting an entire race and entire generation. So, yeah. I just thank you for coming on the show. It was a great pleasure.
2: Well, thank you for having me, guys. Thank you yes. for remembering me. Thank, thank you for enjoying my comedy and acknowledging. Yes. Thank you for thank you for laughing. Yes. Uh, and Richard, mm. man, thanks mm. for that conversation we had the other day, man. Yes.
0: Yeah. Let us know when you um. Yeah, when your next project comes out, please yeah, let us done. know, especially that red box. We waiting for that.
1: Yeah, they have, keep having problems with it. It. I'm, I'm gonna be in contact with you. Huh? Would you
2: say, Rich? Yeah. So you're gonna Would be you? In con- no, no, no. I was saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I was just saying we're definitely gonna stay in contact with you, and um, we're rooting for you. Yes. Well,
2: definitely. thank you. And I'm I'm supposed to be coming up to Jersey to do a show with uh, Bob and Reggie Sumner. They they gonna book me up there. So whenever you hear I'm up in the New York area, come out, Rich. Yeah. And Tanya, gotcha. where do you live, gotcha. Tanya? You live in New York? I'm in
0: Westchester County. I'm, I'm about two, well, it depends on what part of Jersey, hour two hours away. Westchester, 45 minutes from New York City. Yeah. Right cool. now, I'm in London. Right Not now, I'm far. in
2: London. That's I know you're in London. She keeps saying that, I'm in London. Right I'm, now, I'm in London. I'm balling. I'm in London. Balling. I'm in London. Okay. Now, daughter, I'm in London. Daughter, I, I'm in big <laughs> the big where you bend. The big bend. Are you in Brixton or are you in, you in No, Rome? no Brixton. <laughs> Just uh, uh,
0: Notting Hill area.
2: Oh, nothing hill.
0: Nothing hill. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. I must say it correctly now with my teeth.
2: Yes. Yeah. they got they got black people in in yeah. Rochester, and where did you that's say why you
0: say that Rochester? That's that's really yeah. my last name. Oh, your last name is
2: Rochester. Oh. Your last name is really Rochester? Yes, so it's Cooper. It's Cooper. You got married, and that's your married. No, name? it's a
0: long story short. That's my stepfather's name, who was I was not his kid, but I got his name and I'm really born in Rochester. Long story. Oh. I was a foster I was a foster kid. I do my set about that. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's long, long story. One day, one day you'll you'll hear something of mine.
2: Yeah, one that's day. like me. I tell him I'm black, but my credit is Asian. <laughs> we had shrimp, frack, uh-huh. sweet Yo. sour egg bones, orange chitlins. You're making me I hungry. <laughs> wow, wow. It was
1: great you're being, being on here with Yes.
2: Your,
0: uh, it was awesome seeing you. And we really appreciate you so much. Please let us know when you are going to be doing whatever you're doing so that we know and we can tell our audience. Okay. All right.
2: Well, I locked y'all in on my phone. You're off you, contacts. I put y'all in my phone. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. So, and we'll lock you into all right, Tommy. And keep yep. doing what you're doing,
2: bitch. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank yes. you. Yes, yes, yes. And I appreciate you both of y'all,
2: you and Tanya.
1: If it wasn't for Tanya, I wouldn't be here doing this. Well, so I thank y'all both. Well, and I thank you for the inspiration, to Tommy.
2: Well, I appreciate being able to give yeah, it to I, you. but I thank you. <laughs> that was all I was about was inspiring people, trying to be positive. Right. trying to make it over the hump. And, and it's good to know after all these and years you that I haven't been on TV, y'all still remember me.
0: Of course, Why would how are we gonna, come on
1: now, please.
2: I mean, that's short. Like it's, it was short it's getting short, If we it's had time, yeah, if we had time. Yeah. 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 Let me tell you something, there's a lot of people that I've been around, a lot of people that i remember,
1: but I gotta run, I'll see y'all later
0: Okay. Oh, rich you gotta run all right okay. so guys thank yeah, you so run. much uh, tommy you're the best thank you rich and uh to our audience please yes. like and share this video please 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 and go check out tommy China, all his instagram page all the social media page check them out all right and thank you again Bye. bye bye